By the way, I want to introduce who's here tonight with us for our time together before we get into the Word. Uh, my wife, Pam, is here tonight, your first Wednesday night watch party. That's my first live one. Yeah, yeah. And Pam is wearing, if you guys can't see it, a Disneyland shirt. And you go to Disneyland with Lisa all the time, right? All the time, and we're missing it. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Because evil Governor Newsom. No. <laughs> yeah, it's the only time I've ever heard Pam cuss is when he went. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the only time I heard her cuss. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're totally kidding. Uh, yeah. So, okay, it's fun. And then Ernie's back with us. Ernie was with us uh, back a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm disappointed you didn't invite me back for the New York steak, but. Yeah, I did it. But what did we have tonight? What did we have tonight to eat? Oh, we had the grape leaves that yes. were excellent. What's grape that? leaves? Is that? Stuffed grape leaves. Stuffed yeah. grape mm -hmm. leaves. Yeah, that your mom made. Yeah, Tracy just does not cook. I do not uh, <laughs> But, no, they're pretty good, weren't they? They were excellent. They were really good, actually. You did a great job. So Thank you can get the recipe great. for that. You can get her mom's recipe for it. It's a Mediterranean Lebanese dish, which I think is just really, really good. Um, before we dive in, I want to actually pause uh, because um, we actually are family. Uh, we're family because we're family in the church and in Christ. Uh, but uh, Ernie and Lisa, and I'm going to get to Lisa in a minute, uh, and Pam and I share a very real connection because we sponsor children in Kenya from the same family. And we have the girls, and you guys have the boys, right? Yes. Yeah. And so talk about that. Uh, it's been a great experience. We started sponsoring them almost 11 years now, which oh I gosh. cannot believe it's been that long, but it has. Um, the two older ones, uh, Cyrus and Jadita, are both in high school, which is crazy to think. They were four and five when we first started out. And then we now have the little ones uh, who Benson we have, and then of course Anne, you guys have, who's just a little firecracker. She's adorable. Um, and then there's a new baby. It's been a blessing. We've been able to see them grow and just see them pursue their dreams. I look at Jadita and Cyrus, and I mean, I know Jadita shared with you just some amazing things that she wants to become. Yeah. Both of them are doing so well, um, and it's just a blessing. I miss them so much. We've been fortunate to go Ernie and I each year to see them grow. Um, and with COVID, of course, we did not see them this year uh, in the summer, which was really hard. But um, I'm just excited uh, just for the growth and the opportunity. And it's been great because we can share stories and, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then Ernie got to actually meet Jadita before I got to meet right. Jadita, right? And you got this incredible picture of your hand and her hand. and. Right. And uh, it just was so touching that you got to be with her that way. Yeah, it was it was great because they you know they don't have a father figure in in the picture, so they kind of gravitate towards you in that way. So that's kind of a kind of a nice special moment we got to share. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know um, we all share in this, all, including Tracy, by the way, that all of us know that God has called us when we're blessed to be a blessing, and uh, this is a way we can bless. I think it's thirty eight dollars a month per child. Uh, that they get an education, uh, they uh, get a Christian education, by the way, uh, they get food, uh, they get a school uniform, uh, they get medical care, they get dental care. And so uh, the family of Crossroads, we're affecting thousands and thousands. Actually, how many are you sponsoring, Tracy? I sponsor three. <laughs> 
Yep. I sponsor three. My sister sponsors two, and my parents sponsor two. So our family alone, we oh. we get yeah. to visit quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I really believe with all my heart. You know, we talked last time about how God paved the way for you to get your own house. I think a part of that is because prior to that, you determined to bless someone else. You know, and I think that's a big, big factor in what happened. And, and then we get a chance to do that. We also have kids that we're sponsoring in other countries. If Pam could do it, she would sponsor every child <laughs> in every country. <laughs> but which I love about you. But I, I want to tell you, you should do this. You should do this. We want to give you, we want everyone here to give $1 more to Boldly Bless. You should pray also about making this the year that you sponsor a child. And here's the best part of it. You get a chance to go visit those children. Uh, and we get to know those kids. Jadida has blossomed. She went from the shy, shy, shy little girl to a worship leader, to uh, great, uh, great grades, uh, to very confident, to having big hopes and dreams. And you know, we get to be a part of that in her life and, and in her sister's life and her brother's lives. And so I want to tell you, you'll never be sorry for doing it. And if you do it with us, uh, Lisa actually heads our global outreach department where she could be a part of making sure you could go visit those kids. Even if you don't go visit them, you matter to them, right? Ernie, you'd say that, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it matters huge to them that someone from our Crossroads family cares enough to sponsor them. And I, one of my favorite things I ever get to hear when I go to Nairobi and, and that whole area is the kids will run up to me going, I am Crossroads, I am Crossroads. And yeah, it's so cute, isn't it, Pam? And uh, so you gotta do it, you gotta be a part of that. And so I want you to pray about that. And so how would they do it? If someone wants to, what should they do? Uh, well, they can just uh, go to Crossroads Church slash Outreach and uh, you can go ahead and scroll down, click on the um, Sponsor a Child link you can also click on the link also for uh, going on a trip. So you can see all the trips that we have to offer. Of course, in Kenya, you get to you know visit your child, which is amazing. Um, that That's the, probably one of the best parts of going to Kenya is you get to meet your child. Uh, so again, Crossroads Church slash Outreach. Yep, and outreach. Tracy's yeah. leading the trip this year to Kenya, right? Ernie, yeah, Ernie sure. and I. Ernie. Oh, no. Ernie. No, 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 no. You had it right the first time. Tracy, Tracy's leading it. That's... Yeah, Ernie, Ernie and I get to co-lead. Oh, no. Okay. It, would, it, it would fall apart if it wasn't for her. There you go. Yeah. All right. It's so fun. So, Ernie, you'll get to meet Ernie, and he'll talk food with you. And you'll get to meet Tracy, and she won't <laughs> at all. That's true. Very yeah, true. Yeah, but that would actually be a great trip to be on. But I want to encourage you to sponsor a child. Another way you can, uh, if you think, man, there's so many things to remember, just email me, Chuck at CrossroadsChurch.com. Chuck at CrossroadsChurch.com. And I'll make sure that we get a part of doing that together and we help that happen for you uh, in your life together. Um, we're going to be talking about a, a topic right now that I think is super important, and it's hearing the voice of God. Uh, it's, by the way, that is what God wants you to do. God wants a real relationship with you. And by the way, you guys want to grab your Bibles and go to Job 33. Um, but we're going to talk on a part one, part two. So tonight's part one. But let me tell you one reason it's so cool that we have all these guys here. Uh, because Pam knows this. Uh, Pam, we pray about everything, right? Yes, we do. Yeah. So, yeah. And so when I first came to Crossroads, uh, you and I came. <laughs> Uh, actually, I won't get into the fact Pam made us come, but <laughs> it's too true. 
But here's the thing, is uh, we wanted global outreach to be a big deal. I had four promises the elders had to make me. Uh, and one is that we would truly be a global outreach church. Uh, so we wanted to do that as quickly as possible. So I prayed about who should take that role. And Lisa, God spoke to me. He spoke to me before he spoke to you. Right? Do you remember that day? Yeah, I mean, I remember, well, I just remember saying to you, if there's any way I could help in outreach, because that was not my role on staff at the time, I was in a totally different role, and I just said, if there's any way I could help in this area, you know, let me know, and then it went from, yes, I would like you to lead this ministry, versus helping and assisting, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was, I mean, a huge calling on my life that I had no idea was there. But it was such an amazing challenge, and um, I just can't believe the journey our family's been on, because what I love is that you and Pam, you know, had dinner with Ernie and I, talked through it with us to see if, as a couple, even though I'm the one on staff, you knew that that was a partnership that needed to happen and was so important, and it's been great. Yeah, Ernie, it obviously was a big deal to Pam and I that it was you two together, you know, uh, doing that. And uh, I felt God spoke to us that you were the one. And Lisa, I have watched over the years. You have grown and grown and grown in this position. But you've let out as Crossroads has grown and grown and grown yeah. in influence, too. And uh, and then that rippled effect into your life, Tracy. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I think your leadership gifting really grew as you became a part of Global Outreach. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah, I, me and my sister sponsored a child and then signed up on a trip to go. And uh, it was there that I thought about working somewhere different. And so I don't, I don't know what would have happened had I not gone on that trip. My life would have been totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, by the way, what's a big deal to me uh, for anyone uh, at Crossroads, but especially people on staff, is I want them to discover the gifting God has given them, and I want to be a part of unleashing you guys to do it. Uh, I think that you see that. Tracy, I, I told you when I hired you, it wasn't to be my assistant. It was to run Ernie's life. <laughs> <laughs> So between Lisa and Tracy, yeah. Ernie's finally on the street. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Oh, yeah. Nobody, nobody would tell Ernie what to do, just so you know. So, but, uh, but Pam, we have a heart for that, don't we? We do, and always have. Yeah, and I, I tell you, over the years, Pam and I have just, as a team, we've always done ministry as a team have looked for people that we could in small ways or bigger ways pour into and see them grow into who God wants them to be. And a big part of that, by the way, is then hearing the calling of God and then also not just the calling of God, the voice of God is God speaks and guides you. Um, uh, one of the fa my favorite stories about this, and I, I'm trying to remember who even told it to us, but there's a man that was being challenged uh, to listen to God's voice. And he actually said, hey, I, I don't think I've ever heard God speak. And the person who was challenging him, and we know him, said this, you've got to obey the call when you get it. So in other words, if you sense there's something coming, you'll never know it's God unless you do it. So what happened is this guy was sitting in his office and he thought, you know, the workday is ending. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try it. So he sat there and goes, Lord, do you have a message for me? And as he's sitting there, he gets this thought out of nowhere, buy milk. And he thought, do we need milk? And 
he really thought, okay, I'll buy milk. So he got out of, uh, of his, he went out of his building and got in his car, drove to the quickest store he could go to, bought a gallon of milk, got in the car and sat there and said, okay, Lord, now what? And he got nothing. He got nothing. And he said, okay, I don't know what's going on. So he's driving towards the freeway to get on to turn left to go to his house. And then it hit him again. Turn right. Get on the on-ramp and go right. And he thought, okay. I said, I would obey. And he goes, Lord, I want to know if this is you. And he gets on the freeway and he's driving down the freeway. And now he's going into an area he typically wouldn't go into uh, just because it was the opposite direction with warehouses everywhere. And, and, a, and that, that prompting, that whisper inside said, get off on this exit. So he got off on the exit and he got to turn right. He thought, okay, um, I'm going to turn right. So he turns right and he's driving into a warehouse district wondering why he would have milk in a warehouse district. And then he looks over and he sees in the midst of these warehouses some rundown apartments. I mean really rundown apartments. And it's very dark, like the lights aren't even good. And, and he just felt like God wanted him to stop and he stopped and he said, Lord, am I supposed to be here? And he got a number. And he thought, okay. So he picked up the milk, crosses the street, goes into this darkened apartment complex, a little freaked out, and he's walking, and there he sees a door that has the number on it. And he walked up, and he knocked on the door, and he hears this loud talking inside, and he's thinking, oh my gosh, and they're speaking Spanish, by the way, which he doesn't know. And he's thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. Do I leave the milk? Do I? And all of a sudden, the door opened, and a little boy looked at him, and the little boy said this. He goes, are you an angel? And he goes, no, I'm not an angel. He goes, oh, and all of a sudden he turns, and he starts talking in Spanish and the door comes flying open and a man's standing there and he's getting all emotional. And, and, and the little boy kept going, you're an angel, you're an angel. And he goes, no, I, I'm not an angel. And, and he goes, but my mom and dad were just praying that God would somehow send milk for our baby sister because they had no milk. And he said, oh, well, here you go. And he gave it to him. And and he said, what's going on? And he found out the family was in need. And then he knew the next step. He said, he didn't even have to pray about it. It was go back to the store and buy groceries for the family. And, and he said in that moment, he had just felt something more powerful maybe than ever in his life as God began to speak. As God began to speak. Listen to what Charles Stanley said about this. Charles Stanley said, when we walk in the spirit, our spiritual antennas are alert to God and we can hear what he is saying. Listen to what Charles Stanley said. We can hear what he is saying. This is the normal Christian life, living keenly responsive to the voice of God in whatever fashion he may choose to speak to us. We can be involved in our business or our families and hear God say something and we immediately know what to do. Man, Charles Stanley was right. This is the normal Christian life. This is not the exceptional one. In Job chapter 33, verse 14, it says these words. It says, indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. So just like I have a mission for all you guys to find, and me too, by the way, God's calling in our life. I, I'm on a mission. You can't get around me very long to have me not try to teach you to listen to God, to be available to God. And I like what Charles Stanley said, in whatever fashion he may speak. Because God speaks in different ways. This is a part one and part two message. Tonight, we're going to look at three ways God speaks. We'll get into more later. But I want you to know that the Bible says clearly right there, Indeed, God speaks. Indeed means it's true. Indeed means it's a fact. Indeed, God speaks once or twice, 
yet too many people don't notice. And I want you to be someone who notices. Uh, Ernie, there, there's been a time God spoke to you, right? A couple times. Yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, the, the most recent one, I, Wyatt and I work out in the garage, you know, during the whole COVID thing. You can't go to the gym. So we're out in the garage. We're Boston, worship music. And so people will, will just come on my mind, right? And God lays them on my heart. And so I will pray about, I'll be praying about them. Wyatt thinks I've drifted off to sleep or something or I'm ignoring <laughs> it. Um, but I'm just, they're on my heart. I'll start praying for them. And so, and I'll do it. And, you know, I don't get anything back necessarily from somebody. But I was praying about somebody who we, we all know, um, used to go to Kenya with us and everything, and was laid on my heart. I was praying for him. So I text him and said, hey, or, I'm sorry, I didn't text him. I, I just prayed for him, went inside the house. And when I sat down after I was done working out, I got a text from the person and they said, hey, what's going on? And we had been reaching out to him. I'd been texting him the whole time before that, never heard back from him. And so I sit down and he goes, hey, what's going on? I want to get together with you and Mama Lisa. And he goes, I want to get together with you guys. And so I was like, I go, you, I, I can show you the text. I go, I go, you're not going to believe this. I was just in my garage praying for you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. he goes, you got to be kidding me. He goes, oh, it's great. He goes, let's get together. Uh, other time is uh, um, in, the, in the Himalayas, uh, trekking along. And, um, you know, God just laid in my heart. He said, hey, start praying for your daughter. Don't know what it's about, but it was just, it was as clear as could be. It just fell on me. And so in the Himalayas, if you're older and slower, you're towards the back of the pack. <laughs> so I'm trekking along by myself and I'm just like, just bawling, just crying. And, and it was just, God gave me some stuff to give to my daughter just to, just to tell her how precious she was. And same trip, he laid on my heart about the girls uh, crossroads softball team I was helping coach. Did the same thing. So I got them something and came back and explained to them how precious they are in God's mind. But he just laid those things in my heart. So, uh, yeah, the, the garage thing was crazy. And that was that kind of blew me away. I was, Yeah, and I want to say that that may be, if I were going to choose a more often that God speaks, I think more often he gives us someone to do something for. Usually pray. Like all of a sudden, where did that name come from? And God wants you in that moment to start being an intercessor. Uh, by the way, an intercessor, we'll get into that more in January, uh, is the idea that you actually stand in the gap and pray for somebody and seek something for their good. And God wants you to experience that. And God wants you to do that. And, and I want to have go talk about this. God speaking to you is actually very complex. Um, here's why. You and I are finite creatures and God is infinite. We have a very finite mind. And God has an infinite mind. And yet the God who's bigger than infinity wants to communicate with you. And he can do it. Now the question is, how do we make sure and tune in and listen? Because God wants you to hear from him. God wants you to hear from him. And so I want to go back to that Job 33 uh, passage where it says this. It says, indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. And then notice we're going to go in the first of three ways here how God speaks. Number one, in a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from pride. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing over into Sheol 
or even another way to say that is that death or hell. So God says, you know what? I'll give dreams. And in those dreams, I might give instruction or I might give wisdom. So God actually uses dreams to speak to people. And Pam, you've had that happen in powerful ways. Yes, more than once. And my version even says... He terrifies them with warnings. I go, yeah, I was terrified. <laughs> it was scary because it's so real. And then I know I have to do something with it because it's so heavy on my heart. And so I did. And I'm telling you, it was life changing, not just for the people that I dreamt about, but for me, watching God work. Seriously, watching him work is amazing. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be right to share the details, but I do know there was a particular couple that God gave you this powerful dream about, and they, they were early in their romantic season, uh, and you had a, it was a terrifying warning for them, right? It was a terrifying warning for them. If something didn't happen, they were going to break up, and it would be bad. It would just be really bad. And I just woke up crying and that was one of the ones that I knew I had to go talk to them. But at the same time, I was not afraid because I really loved them, really loved them and didn't want anything bad to happen. Yeah. And God gave you a dream where you actually saw uh, very specific details that rocked their world when you told them, right? Yes. Yeah. Again, we won't tell. <laughs> That's in a book came out later. No, <laughs> but you know what? That was the first of many. And you've had seasons where that happened. Yeah. It's not like all the time. No, praise God. <laughs> yeah, I've had just seasons of it. And I know that I need to act on it when he gives it to me. Because the one time I didn't, I was very sorry. And I knew I should have acted on it. And it cha that changed my life when I didn't act on it. I go, okay, God, I will do it from now on it was so bad. Yeah, we were um, at a church and there was a girl singing on stage yeah. and I was oblivious to Pam, not that, I mean to how she was feeling. I didn't catch it. And we got in the car and you started crying. I burst into tears. I don't usually do that. I burst into tears because I'm still emotional because I knew God told me to just go up to her and just love on her. And I did not do it. I saw her three times. Three times I had the opportunity to do it. And I didn't do it because I was afraid. And I got in the car and I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that I had blown it. And that changed my life because I honestly said, from this point on, I will always do what you tell me to do. Always. I don't ever want to feel like that again. And you actually, um, I don't know about 100%, but you're pretty close to 100% in doing that, um, in doing whatever God told you to do, if you got a dream or if you got a prompting. Yeah, and amazing things keep happening. By the way, what I want to say, this is an awesome life to live. I know Pam's emotional because she, you know, she's a sinner. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh boy, I'm glad I have this on film. Uh, I got to tell you what happened though. Pam will tell you too. She got these dreams and she went to people and then the word started getting out. She's warning people. And I was the youth pastor here at Crossroads. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have fun with this. So I call this guy, Sean, up, and on his voicemail, I wanted the voicemail. I, I made sure he was in school. I said, hey, Sean, uh, Pam had a dream about you. She wants to talk to you. And I hung up. 
and he was freaked out. He was, he was like so freaked out. And we were like, well, tell us what you did. <laughs> that was, yeah. So you can have fun with even this. But when those dreams happened, I think without a doubt, you, each of those times you knew, you knew it was something extra. Oh, yeah. I woke up knowing and I the I'm, it was a pressure but not a pressure I just I mean I couldn't stop thinking about it I couldn't stop praying about it I couldn't stop I couldn't stop I knew until I did something then I would almost be free of that you know it's like it was very um persistent yeah so um based on Pam and then based on talking with other people who've had this occur uh what I believe is this is that if the dreams from God one way you could know is you'll remember it. Because I don't know how many guys, you ever had a dream and you wake up and then all of a sudden it's gone. Like you kind of remember and then you're like, wait, what was that? Uh, that was probably, there's different kinds of dreams. Uh, it could be anxiety dream. It could just be your mind working, uh, you know, over time or, or getting, you know, kind of having fun with thoughts. But it could be the Lord. And if it's the Lord, then I think what I found and you found is you remember the dream. Oh, yeah. yeah, like the details and everything, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you've had that happen. So again, hey, I want you to know God speaks to you and God does use dreams. All throughout the Bible, he uses dreams. Uh, Joseph was someone who had dreams from God on more than one occasion. Daniel had dreams from God. Uh, Joseph, uh, where, you know, Christmas time, uh, Joseph had dreams from God. And so God gives dreams and God wants you to know things like that. So uh, that's one way he speaks. Another way he speaks, get ready for this, is physical pain. Physical pain. Uh, in Job 33, verse 19, it says this, man is also chastened with pain on his bed. Uh, I think that's an interesting one. Chastened or disciplined with pain on his bed and with unceasing complaint in his bones. Uh, so that he loathes bread and his soul's favorite food, his flesh wastes away from sight, his bones, which were not seen, stick out. Then his soul draws near the pit and his life to those who bring death. And so what, what I'm saying to you is God, God will speak through pain. God will use pain to get your attention. Uh, Pam and I have somebody who's very, very special to us, and she was a dynamic leader in a, a youth ministry we had at Christ Church of the Valley. And uh, what happened is I had taught this Bible study on the 15 non-negotiables, uh, which I'm going to be doing for singles here at Crossroads, both online. Tracy, yeah. Yeah, you're in. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm representing. Okay. I got to fear off. Do you don't want to hear this? This is funny, Ernie, because you'll love it. You're single. <laughs> Our, our college ministry, all the girls in our college ministry have a term called being tracied. Uh, and that means that Ernie and I are out to help find husbands for them. We're a team. That's right. You can text to. <laughs> yeah. Text Tracy to 69922. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we have this on film too. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this girl, this other girl, not Tracy, um, she, we had taught the study, and so she had made her list and was praying for the person to marry. Um, and so did another guy who happened to be at the study, too. But the whole time he was doing it, he kept thinking, she's the one, she's the one. And then she ends up meeting another guy, a guy who had moved down here from Seattle. And, and she started thinking, he's the guy I'm supposed to be with. Well, they start getting more serious and more serious. And the other guy's over here being more bummed out and more bummed out because he thinks... God, I think she was supposed to be for me. 
And, and then what happened is he went, she went up north with two of her friends to meet his family. And it was almost for sure this is going to be proposal time. You know, Seattle, romantic, all those kind of things. And so she's laying in bed one night thinking, I wonder if tomorrow's the day. And bam, she gets such intense cramps. She can't believe it. And I mean, it was intense. She said more than anything in her life. And she thought, oh, she almost couldn't breathe. And, and then she started thinking, is God trying to tell me something? Um, and that was almost a thought out of nowhere too. And so she kept going, okay, Lord, what is it? And then when she, in her mind, she thought, okay, no, I won't say yes. If he asked me, the pain went away. But whenever she started thinking, I will say yes, the pain came back. And so she got a hold of me and she asked this question. She goes, Pastor Chuck, is there any way that God would use pain to speak to me? And I, not knowing the details, said yes. And I took her to this passage. And I said, yeah, God does that at times. And so what happened is the Lord began to, every time she began to think about this guy romantically, I mean, she was in intense pain. And, and God was trying to send a message, a very clear message, right, Pam? That this is not what I want for you. And then she ended up uh, ending that relationship, I think in Seattle, I might be wrong, I can't remember, came back and started going, God, what is going on? And then her and the guy, the other guy over here, who had been believing God was calling them to be together, uh, they began to connect and get together. Matter of fact, it was on a college cruise, uh, the love boat, and uh, <laughs> that we led, uh, that, that they ended up just really starting to, to bond spiritually, would be honest about it. And ended up that they got together and got married and, and have some beautiful children. Uh, but it was all God. And I've watched God do that over and over and over again, where there might be a moment you're laying in bed and you feel pain because God's getting a message to you. Um, one of the most painful things I think any of us have experienced is in those moments of severe sickness or death. And you experience God, right? You experience God in that moment. I believe that maybe the most spiritual place in all the, the United States, if not the world, is not the church, but the hospital. Um, because that's where people really hear from God. And um, so God will speak in pain. God will use times of pain. It could be someone you lose uh, uh, in, through death, someone who has an accident that your heart breaks. It could be uh, somebody you come alongside um, one of the most painful things about being in counseling, I think, is sitting with people in their pain. And yet it's one of the most blessed things you get to do. But you hear from God. God, God starts coming near. So God uses dreams and God uses pain. God uses something else. Uh, in Job 30, 20, uh, 33, verse 23, it says, how, the third way God speaks according to this passage, if there is an angel as a mediator for him, now, the word angel's messenger. It's literally the word messenger. It does mean, most often, an angel. It also can mean a person. So in this passage, it could be either one who comes and mediates or brings a message to you from God. He comes and delivers it. It goes one out of a thousand to remind a man what is right for him. Then let him be gracious to him and say, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Let his flesh become fresher than in youth. Let him return to the days of his youthful vigor. And then he will pray to God and God will accept him that he may see his face with joy and he may restore his righteousness to man. God will use an angel. 
got to use a, a person. So I, I want to kind of take it one step at a time. God may actually use an angel to show you something or give you a vision. And Lisa, you've had that happen. I have. It was kind of scary. It was scary because it was the first time it had ever happened and has only happened that one time. But uh, we had just began our trip. It was the first year that we had went into the Himalayas. Um, and, you know, the whole point of this trip was to pray through each community and determine where could Crossroads pour in? Where would we um, partner with this organization potentially? And we were just landed. We're um, running late and trying to hurry to get to the next village where we we're actually going to sleep for the night. But it was started to get dark. So we kind of hurried through the, the initial village and we got to the end of it. And they said, you know, we're going to pray over this area, take this time and just pray. And so we began praying just over that community because that was one that they had started work in and that they were really hoping to see that flourish. And as I closed my eyes and we started praying, I saw an angel, like clear as day, just huge <laughs> over this um, building that we were praying near and just with arms open and just showing like, this is where we needed to be. And it scared me. I opened my eyes and then I closed it and I saw the angel again and it did not go away. But it was so moving and it was just like, I knew that's where we were to be. and. Within that year, we started a really awesome work there and um, got to see some amazing things happen. So. Yeah, yeah, which is so cool. And yet, um, I, I love the one thing you just said, it was scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. You know, it's, <laughs> what's, what's interesting to me is that we kind of have this Hollywood version of angels and they're usually women, not to be mean, nothing, I'm not, I'm, I'm into women leaders, right? Okay. So, but they're usually women and they're usually soft and they always speak in a British accent. And um, in the Bible, the number one reaction to an angel's fear. You know, I mean, it, Daniel was so afraid he laid on the ground and he was almost sick afterwards, again, pain. Uh, but angels are powerful and angels are majestic and, and they can appear comforting. So I'm not saying they can't be comforting. But what you experienced is a very biblical thing. Almost this point of, it was so awesome, it was fearful. Mm -hmm. No, it was. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, and where we are today in that particular work, uh, getting to do something pretty amazing uh, is, is how God works. That's what I want to say. See, in Hebrews 13, verse 2, it says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. So an angel could come to you in a vision. It can, it can stand before you in a physical way. Or it might be somebody who comes, now get ready for this, in disguise. And they come and give you a message. They come and give you a message. And in that moment, you know, you need to be going, well, wait a minute. Is this something going on here that's beyond me? And and how did this occur? And and God does that. And I, Pam and I, you've had, we've had friends over the years who saw a stranger walks up and gives them a message, and they're like, "Where did that come from?" And then all of a sudden they're gone. They're gone, and nobody else saw them. So it's that was yeah, that's so true. Yeah, there's a friend of ours, uh, Danny Mercado, and um, she was grieving over the loss of her daughter Nasa. And she was at, at a, a place, I think, in Laughlin, Laughlin, Nevada, and sitting there. And this person kept staring at her. And, and they had really blue eyes, she said, and big, big guy, blue eyes. And she kept thinking, why is he staring at me? And it made her uncomfortable. And then he came over to her and he gave her, he grabbed her hand. And um, in it was a stone. She could feel it. And he let go. And, and he said to her out of nowhere, your daughter Nasa is okay, meaning she's in heaven. 
And then all of a sudden she looked down at the stone and looked up and he was gone. Everybody at her table saw him. She ran over to the table he was sitting at. Nobody saw him. Everybody said he wasn't, nobody was sitting in the seat she saw him in. And so that, but the message ended up being the most comforting message ever. And so God spoke to her in that moment. We all know through an angel. By the way, she still has the stone. And uh, one time <laughs> I said, hey, can I borrow it? And she said, no. Uh, she was not going to let me borrow it. But, but God does that. God does that. He, he also speaks through people. So a mediator can be an angel. A mediator can be a person. And uh, it, it's interesting that uh, in, in the time that Jesus lived, there was this big controversy over him. And one of the men who was a high priest stood up and said uh, a message. And it was in John eleven fifty one, 51. And he says this, actually eleven fifty. He said this. He said, it's good for one man to die so the whole nation can live. And then it goes on to say this. Now, he did not say this of his own initiative, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation. He had no idea that the Holy Spirit was moving him to give a message on behalf of God to everybody. And God does that. God does that all the time. And so God may use people to give you a message. But there's one common denominator that comes out of Job 33. Next week, we're going to pick this up. Uh, in, in different other ways that God speaks to you. Actually, the most important way will come next week. But I want you to know this. In each one of those passages, it was about saving people. Every time, the dream was to keep people from destruction. And God gave you dreams to keep people from destruction. And, and more than once. Um, yeah, who knows the friend you're praying for if God didn't move you to pray to keep something bad from happening in their life. Or what would happen to that area in the Himalayas if, if we weren't partnering in that moment, how many people would go to destruction? And so God uses dreams. God used pain to keep our friend away from something that could have been very destructive. And God uses angels or people to bring messages to keep you from it. Why? Because God cares about you so much. He wants to be a part of you being saved. Uh, it might be you being used to save other people. It might be that you need something to be protected from. But God loves you that much. And the ultimate, ultimate way that God protects us is when Jesus went and died on the cross for our sins. So here the priest said, the high priest that year said, that Jesus would die for all. And guess what? He died for all. It was a fulfillment of prophecy. It was a part of God's promise. It was that he would become what's called the redeemer, where he would redeem us back to God. He would bring us into a relationship with God. Some of you watching right now, this is not an accident. God guided you to this moment. He wanted you to be here for this message. And it's a message that says it's now time to come to God. It's now time to open up to him and to go into a real relationship with him where he speaks to you, he guides you, he protects you, he pours his love and joy into your life. And he wants to do that for you. We've all dedicated our lives to having people understand how real this is because we want you to know it. But Jesus Christ died on the cross so you could be forgiven and cleansed. But most of all, please don't miss this, not just forgiven and cleansed, most of all, so you could come into our relationship with God as your Abba Father. And the Bible teaches there are two steps we take to begin a walk with God or a life with God or a journey with God. And the first is to pray a prayer. 
Uh, pray a prayer and say, yes, I want this. And in a moment, I'm going to lead that prayer. And if you need to pray it for the first time, I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. Uh, if you need to pray it to recommit your life to the Lord, sometimes we need that. We need to recommit. Pray this prayer with me. If you needed to get free from something, maybe right now you're in bondage to something. Maybe in this season, it's gotten worse. Open up your heart to the Lord. Let this be your moment. And right now, I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer. Again, you could pray it for the first time. You could pray it to recommit. You can pay it, pray it to find freedom or healing. You could pray it alone. You could pray it as, a, as friends or as a couple or as a family. All those things happen in the Bible, but it matters as you. You matter. You matter to God. So I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to pray that you'll pray this prayer with me. That's the first step. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now for anyone out there who needs to say yes to you. And there was a moment, God, that somehow you stirred and moved them to be able to see this message. To be able to know it's for them. And I pray right now they would open their hearts to you. And they would know how much you love them and let you pour your love into their hearts and your joy into their life. And Lord, that you would guide them, that you would draw them close. And I pray right now they would want that. Right now there's somebody there. You guided them to this moment. Lord, I pray they're going to pray this prayer. If that's you, pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sins. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone who's holding me down or holding me back. But I pray most of all that you make me yours, you'll make me alive, and you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you. And if that's all you can say, say those words. I say yes. I say yes to you, and I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, praise God. We are so excited for you. So the first step is to pray the prayer. The second one is to do this right now. Text amen, which means the truth or for real, to 69922. Right now, find a way to do it. Get your phone, get your computer, text the words amen to 69922. And you know what? We're going to get right back to you and we're going to ask your name. Why? because you matter to us and we care about you. And then once we can interact with you, we want to send you a free gift. It's The Purpose Driven Life, a book. It'll be an electronic form uh, of the book, The Purpose Driven Life, but we want to send it to you for free because we want you to know the next steps you need to take to fulfill your purpose. But you guys, thank you for being here. I, I was so fun to have you. Pam, you're here with me. Yeah, yeah, so fun. But so I love we get to share life together. I love that we get to do ministry together. I love watching you guys grow in your gifting. And, and I just want to see that happen more and more for you. And we want that for you guys too. Next week, we're going to pick up How to Hear the Voice of God, part two. I hope you are a part. I hope you share this message. And I hope you're with us. God bless you guys.